0: Now, once again, with today's Carolina newsmakers, here's Don Curtis.
1: We're back with Dr. Mike Walden, who is a frequent guest on our program has been, uh, uh, so kind to share his thoughts with us on WPTF and on the North Carolina news network for years. And, uh, is looked to across the state as the single most authoritative source on the North Carolina economy. He is a professor at NC state where he has been since 1978. Mike, uh, I guess that proves that you can keep a job. I mean, guys... <laughs> well, I thank you for those
0: nice words. And, and uh, yes, I've, I've been able to hold on to a job for, what, 43 years, yes.
1: <laughs> well, uh, are you working on any books right now? That uh... Well, I'm uh,
0: glad you asked. I have two books that came out this year, Don. Uh, one is a policy book where I've actually used my 43 years accumulated interest in public policy, and I put all of my ideas in a book. The book is called Real Solutions, Common Sense Ideas for Solving Our Most Pressing Problems. That's been out since August, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your favorite bookstore. And then sometimes the, uh, the left, the um, uh, no, it's the right side of my brain, the creative side kicks in. And I think you've mentioned the fact that I've written some what we euphemistically call some economic thrillers. I've got three of those, uh, co-author with my wife that I've used as teaching tools. And I don't know, things pop into my brain sometimes, and I got an idea for writing a political thriller. And that got published this year. It's uh, it's, title, it's got a funny title. It's called Disunia, D-I-S-U-N-I-O-N-I-A. And it, it really takes some of the political situation. I don't get political in terms of pushing a particular point of view, but I try to take some of the political, particularly dissension that we have in the country today and work a, I think a thrilling plot around that. So, so that book's also out and that's available from the, the aforementioned sources too.
1: Any thoughts about ever seeing these uh, on the uh, the TV screen or the movie? Oh, screen? would love
0: to. I'm uh, I'm available for for offers, but <laughs> that's a that's a tough nut to crack. I know Dan. I don't know. You probably know Dan Gerino. He worked for years yeah. with the with the NNO business editor, and he's been very successful as an author. And he's uh, he's had, I think, his first movie, "What the Deaf Mute Heard," was made into a Hallmark movie. I think it's still the most watched Hallmark movie of all time. But he's told me how tough that is. I mean, getting, getting uh, anything in terms of TV or, or motion pictures is very tough, but I, but I'm out, I'm listening. I'm always here to listen to offers. So just bring them forward.
1: <laughs> Let's turn to the election. We, of course, have finished a, a, a historic election where we, we saw more Americans vote than ever before. Mm-hmm. It was a spirited election. Uh, and at least at least one person still thinks it's not over, but uh, I think that may be one of the very few that uh, would agree with that. But uh, uh, how is that going to affect the economy? How how have foreign countries looked at that? Uh, What are our prospects for uh, improved relations on the uh, uh, world market and so forth, all due to the change in administration?
0: Well, that's a very good question. We can only speculate. Uh, President Biden's been around a long time, so he has a track record. Uh, my view is that on, on the economic front, he will probably be more prone to um, uh, uh, raising taxes. I think there's a good chance he will send a package to Capitol Hill that raises uh, tax rates, particularly on higher income earners. I, he's on record as saying he wants to raise the corporate income tax rate. And we can debate whether these things are good or bad. But I think that's something he will, he will propose. Uh, he's also talked about some spending initiatives in the environmental area. Uh, in terms of education. Uh, I think one that could get bipartisan support would be around infrastructure. Uh, the Trump administration talked a lot about getting an infrastructure package. They could never get Congress to go along with it. But we, we have needs in terms of our roads, uh, keeping our roads up to date, bridges. And then of course, we talked about uh, high speed internet. We have a need to get high speed internet into, into rural areas, North Carolina, other rural areas in the country. Uh, The electric grid is old. A lot of our infrastructure is old and antiquated. And and then the benefit with infrastructure is the studies show you get a very high rate of return. If you look at it as an investment, uh, it's something that uh, you can spread it around. You You can get people everywhere really supporting it and benefiting from it. And again, if we're going to borrow the money and then pay it back over time, interest rates, again, are very, very low. So I'm hopeful the Biden administration will put forth a very aggressive infrastructure package, and and hopefully they could get some support on Capitol Hill for that.
1: Control of the Senate is still up in the air due to the election of the two Senate uh, positions in Georgia. Uh, Let's assume for a moment both scenarios. Let's assume uh, that uh, the Republicans... Maintain control of the Senate. uh, Will that slow things down as far as uh, tax increases? uh, And uh, look at the opposite situation. Let's assume that the Democrats get control of the Senate.
0: Well, the 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 President uh, elect, um, President elect Biden, and uh, Speaker McConnell or Speaker uh, Majority Leader McConnell know each other from their time in the Senate. Uh, they know, they know each other's, uh, uh policies, pr- pr- uh, objectives. They know e- how each other works. So I'm, I, I would think that if the Senate continues to be in Republican hands, uh, it's not just going to be a place where they say no all the time. I think there could be some real progress. I think it probably would mean that to use a term, the more progressive proposals, uh like in climate change probably would not make it through but i could see an infrastructure package getting through i could even see a compromise on on taxes uh probably not as aggressively as some would want but i I could see a tax plan getting through a republican controlled congress and of course you have to remember don also politically the house is going to be almost evenly divided i think the democrats might have around a 10 uh 10 member majority and they had what 40 30 or 40 something like that so uh, I think there's going to be, be need to be more bipartisanship in the house even. And, and, and I like that. I, the fact that if the politics line up to where you have to be bipartisan, you have to get groups to compromise. I like compromise. Um, I've never been involved in this politically, but I've been involved in some committees where uh, we had differences of opinion and, and we had to compromise. So uh, I think there's actually more opportunity for that. Now, if the Senate does become democratically controlled Everything I said is not necessarily out the window, but I think it would open up for more uh, progressive um, policies, particularly in the climate area, maybe in terms of labor. Uh, there's a move to get rid of the um, um, protections um, that states have to prevent unions, uh, minimum wage, et cetera. I think some of those things would be able to, to go have a greater chance of going through. But uh, I think I think uh, President like Biden is a pragmatist. Uh, he's got a he knows he knows probably virtually all the senators. He's got a long track record. So so I see him being willing to work with uh, people with different points of view.
1: I thought uh, you brought up something that has not been mentioned as much nationally uh, and on the cable news channels as perhaps it deserves uh, some more conversation, and that's the fact that while the uh, American public Uh, by more than 6 million voted for a Democratic president, Uh, the House uh, is probably a better picture of how people really feel because those are actually local elections. And the fact that the Republicans made progress without the head of the party being elected was very interesting. The House uh, uh, being, uh, what, another, what, uh, 20 votes or another? They picked up, what, what, 20 people? I think so, yes, yes. What's your take on that? How,
0: well, I, my take on it is that, um, and you're Don. You're in the media business, so you know this better than I do. But oftentimes, extreme positions get attention because they are extreme and they cause people to to watch and and listen. I don't think that's where the country is. I think we're still a a, a politically a central country, maybe even slightly right of center. So I think what you said about the House being virtually split equally in terms of numbers, I think that does very much reflect the country and even the Senate. If uh, whether the Republicans uh, pick up one or two or, or lose lose uh, lose both in in the, in, the uh, in, in Georgia, it's the Senate's going to be very equally divided. So I, I think what we have here is a Congress that really represents the country quite well, that we're pretty much equally divided. The the fringes don't control things. And and I'm hopeful this will lead to a large degree of bipartisanship, which I think is what's been missing for probably a a couple decades.
1: Looking at the global situation again, uh, obviously the past administration under President Trump really uh, disrupted a lot of relationships with a lot of foreign countries, many of which were close allies. How long do you think it will take to rebuild those relationships where they've been damaged? And will people ever really trust America again like they have in the past?
0: Um, I, think, I think president like Biden will work to repair a lot of those relationships, but I don't know that he wants to necessarily over, out, over, overdo or, or, or dismiss some of the initiatives that, that President Trump pushed, for example, uh, getting NATO countries to spend a higher percent of their GDP on funding NATO. And, and in fact, not they've traditionally not even met what they said they would do. I think that's something that's probably good. And President Trump worked to, to do that. And, and I would expect uh, president like Biden would continue that uh, the Middle East, the Trump administration's made a lot of uh, gains, I think, in the Middle East, and uh, I, I would expect the Biden administration would probably try to, to add to that. I think the big question is our relationship with China. Uh, President Trump, I think, sort of had a love-hate relationship with China. He he bashed them uh, in terms of their economic policies, but on the other hand, he oftentimes praised uh, President Xi um i I think probably i think well actually i know because i think by by president-elect biden's already said he's not immediately going to roll back the tariffs that president trump put on china so uh i i don't see a big break i see probably some softening around the edges maybe in terms of public relations but my guess is the Biden administration will look at some of the things that the Trump administration did and say, oh, okay, that, that actually moved the ball in the direction we want to. And we may have have to move the ball in a slightly different way, but uh, it's in the direction we want to, and we're going to try to continue that.
1: Well, it's uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to watch. And as uh, uh, as I said a few moments ago, a lot of the national press is not focused on uh, some of the things that, uh, uh, that President Trump did that uh, – that will be continued and, and i'm glad to hear you make those comments we'll be back with uh, our guest dr mike walden and uh, more on carolina these makers as we have our final segment and that's coming up right after these messages i spend a lot of time in the garage but even more time in the rain sleet and mud In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire.
0: Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester,
1: and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires.
0: Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis.
1: We're back with our guest, Dr. Mike Walden, who is a professor, of course, at North Carolina State University, where he has taught since 1978, and uh, of course, is well known as being one of the true uh, authorities on the North Carolina economy. We started the program by talking about how North Carolina has reacted to the COVID-19 crisis and where we stand, and probably would like to uh conclude with sort of an overview of what you have seen and what you expect to happen in the next uh, three to six months i like so uh, where are we and where are we going
0: well we're making progress uh and in fact i think when the numbers are in it will be said that the recession has been over for several months and all that means is the economy is moving forward rather than backward it doesn't mean that we've recovered everything we've lost we've actually recovered a little over half of what we lost in the spring but we are moving forward the big challenge right now is the resurgence of, of the of the virus so i think the end of the year here will be a little shaky in terms of making economic progress we just had a report today about a climb in initial claims for unemployment but once we get past the holidays and and uh, once personal interaction perhaps goes back to to normal and very importantly once we get the vaccines distributed, people get inoculated, et cetera. Uh, I'm hopeful that we will, in fact, I'm, I'm very much think this will happen. We will have a rebound in the economy, uh, probably on in terms of a growth rate, maybe a four or 5% growth rate, which would be double where we were even pre-pandemic. Um, we're not going to have, however, and I wanna emphasize this, all the jobs that were lost are not coming back. Business, we're not going to business as usual. This is the, the virus. The pandemic has changed businesses permanently. It's changed how businesses will operate in the future. It's changed the kinds of people businesses will hire. We've had an enormous explosion, of course, in the online buying and and delivery. Uh, That's going to continue, so there are going to be job opportunities there. And again, this is my big point that we need to realize we're going to have facing us for several years, a need a need to have a lot of folks who were working and working successfully, they find out those, those jobs aren't there, they're maybe done by a robot or technology, they need to be retrained. And so we need to look at these new jobs, for example, in, in the cyber world, in the delivery world, Uh, We need to look at construction jobs. We need to track where the new jobs are are being created. We need to keep in contact with businesses. And we need to make sure in North Carolina, and we're very good at this, we have a great community college system, one of the probably the best in the country. We need to make sure that we have those community colleges as well as the four year colleges working with businesses, finding out where jobs are being created and we have the training programs in place as well as a sort of support apprenticeships. I think that's a great way where you learn on the job. I think that's going to be one of our great challenges. The other thing I think is North Carolina is going to come out of this pandemic in terms of our reputation as a great place for families to live, for businesses to locate, I think intact. Unlike some states where I think their image has been tarnished, I don't see that in North Carolina. And in fact, I can see a lot of folks who are in other states who are worried about the pandemic and worry about what life will be after the pandemic, decide if they're going to move, they're going to pick North Carolina. So we could see an influx of folks coming here. And of course, that creates new economic opportunities.
1: Well, you know, I, you, everything you said, every time I would think about uh, New York City, I'm thinking about why people would w- want to live in New York City when they can live in North Carolina.
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, if you're in finance, uh, Charlotte, I think, is now the second biggest financial center in, in the country. Uh, Raleigh is just growing by leaps and bounds. There's plenty of room to build here. We've got great universities. We've got a big tech sector. Uh, so yeah, I think we've got pretty much everything we need here. Now, of course, growth creates challenges. Transportation. We need to make sure that people, uh, everyone's boat gets lifted, et cetera. But I'm, I'm really optimistic, maybe even more so optimistic about the future of North Carolina post-pandemic than, than pre-pandemic.
1: Give a brief summary again of where you think interest rates and mortgage rates might go for the consumer. Yeah, I
0: I think initially in 2021, still very, very low interest rates, very, very low inflation. I think as we get into the second part of the year, uh, we might see some upward pressure on those. So if you've got borrowing to do, if you want to buy a house, buy a car, finance anything, do that in the first part of the year. Keep your eye on inflation. If that starts to go up, the stock market might get a little wobbly, and we might see the the Federal Reserve come in and actually uh, raise interest rates to try to put inflation in its place. But we're not talking about double-digit inflation. We're talking about maybe the difference between a 2% and maybe a 3% inflation rate. But but uh, and the, and the solution here, of course, in investing is always keep a diversified portfolio. I'm not a person who tries to predict what market is going to do well. I'll leave that to other people. I've never been successful with it, And I can't find people who are consistently successful. So always keep some of your money in stocks, some in bonds, some in safe investments, uh, some in real estate, uh, some in precious metals, etc. And the more so when you're younger, when you get older, like, like, like I am, then you want to move more towards safety because you simply don't have as many years for things to turn around. So uh, there's no magic bullet there with the, with the investments, but I do see next year maybe divided in two. First half of the year, similar to what we are now. Second half of the year, as the economy gets better, we might see some of these issues rise like higher interest rates and higher inflation rates.
1: Is this a good year for North Carolina with its high and, and very good bond reputation and high credit rep- reputation? And and with our huge infrastructure needs for those counties that are growing, they have a infrastructure need for increasing the facilities. And in other areas, we have one of replacing. Is this a good time for a big bond issue in North Carolina?
0: It is, and I expect on that'll be at the state level. That's going to be debated. Uh, The governor's on record as saying he would like to borrow some money for some of these big projects. So we'll see how the... The new General Assembly, which is uh, still controlled by the party that's not the governor's, we'll see how they will react. But just in terms of the cost of borrowing, yeah, this is a fabulous time. And North Carolina's fiscal situation is much better than other states. Yeah, we're probably taking a little bit of hit in terms of revenue growth, but we have a lot of revenue in the bank, if you will, the rainy day fund, et cetera. We've been very frugal in our spending habits in the last several years, and I think that's paid off right now. So I think North Carolina is in a very, very good situation if, if it wants to borrow. It's a good environment to borrow in terms of interest rates. And, and we have the fiscal situation, I think, that will keep our bond ratings very, very high.
1: And that also might help uh, replace some of those jobs that are lost uh if we spend more on the infrastructure that would create jobs
0: oh absolutely uh road building uh internet building uh school building uh any kind of public buildings yes that does create jobs in construction again uh reminding us of the need to make sure we've got people trained in those construction jobs again this is where our great community college system comes into play so once again i think we need to make sure that the educational system is keeping track of what's happening in the business world and vice versa. Those two entities need to work together. When they do that, I think we can get the trained workforce that we need, and we can make sure that everyone has a job that pays well.
1: You've got about 30 seconds to respond to what uh, additional broadband would do for North Carolina if we're able to spend some money on that. Well, broadband today
0: is like electricity was in the 1920s and 30s. It's really become a necessity for the modern business world. So I think it would open up all kinds of possibilities in rural and small town North Carolina. It would take cities like Goldsboro and Lorenburg and and Kinson, et cetera, and really put them on the map. I think we'd have a lot of businesses saying, you know, we really want a slower pace of life. That's where we want to be.
1: Mike, thank you so much. Dr. Mike Walden, the William Neal Reynolds Professor of uh, Agriculture and Resource Economics at North Carolina State and our frequent guest on this program. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and do just that, carolinanewsmakers.com. The program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us next week on the same group of stations. So until next week, same time, same station. I hope that you have a great week.